Where do fish take all their money? To the riverbank. Alright, I'll see myself out. Welcome back to the Underground Pop Sea Underground, the show that is bringing you unforgiving takes, passionate opinion on all things pop culture. I am Jordan, the kid you copied off of at Superhero Camp. Welcome, everybody. Episode 17 of Pop Culture Underground. Before we get to the advertised content of this episode, got to get a few things out of the way. First off, if you want to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them are at Pop Sea Underground. Also, check out the new YouTube channel. It is up and rolling. Videos are going out every day. Check it out. That is also at Pop C Underground. Make sure you subscribe and follow if you like the content you see there. And I am also streaming on Twitch just about every day under the account Golden Skittles. Yeah, it's weird. Golden Skittles. G-O-L-D-E-N-Z-K-I-T-T-L-E-Z. It's a long story, but that is the username I'm streaming under right now. I got to change that eventually. But that's what's going on, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I did complete my review of the game, almost. I'm very close, and guys, it's a technical marvel. The thing, it, I think, I really do think it's a new point in gaming. I think we're here. I think we're where we thought we would be five years ago, and I think the future has finally arrived. So that will be on tomorrow's episode, my review of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on PS5. But we will be discussing... The disappointing E3 2021, in my opinion. Uh, Very disappointing E3, but we did get a few exciting things. Those things being the Outer Worlds 2 reveal, the Halo multiplayer free-to-play reveal, and the Elden Ring trailer that finally came out that we have all been waiting for. Battlefield 2042 dropped a really good trailer as well. Gotta mention that. So, gonna be talking about those four things, and then we will also be jumping over to DC Weekly this episode to be discussing the new title for Aquaman 2, but mainly what I think should happen with Amber Heard. So, with that, let's hit up Pop C Weekly! In Pop C Weekly this week, we're going to be discussing E3 and how it disappointed every single one of us. E3 was a colossal disappointment in my opinion but I think we knew it would be I think we I think we assumed it would be I think we knew it would be uh, basically everything that we got at E3 this year was basically just reminders it was just a reminder that Halo Infinite's still coming out uh, Elden Ring yeah that's still a real game they're still working on that I guess uh, the Outer Worlds 2 is a thing a real thing that they brought to E3 so I mean th- those few things in the Battlefield 2042 trailer th- those four things I think that's four things I can't count where those are really the only things that I really cared about from E3 this year. Uh, I will say that the the reveal that Halo Infinite is going to be free to play for multiplayer, it, I think that's exciting. But when when Halo is part of Game Pass as a whole, I don't really see. I, I mean, why don't you just get Game Pass? I mean, it's fifteen bucks and you get Xbox Live and Game Pass. You know, it's like their whole ultimate thing. It, it's the, like the best deal in gaming. It, it makes me want to get an Xbox Series X myself, and I will eventually. But I guess. If you don't have Game Pass or you're too cheap for Game Pass, maybe, I guess, then uh, being free-to-play would be good for you. But it it is good for the Halo community because it's going to bring so many more players uh, to the multiplayer section of Halo. And I think Halo multiplayer is, like, the best 
multiplayer out there. I mean, Call of Duty is is smooth. The gameplay is perfect. They, they got a formula that works. But Halo, I feel like Halo, you really need true skill when you go into a Halo match. And there's something about Halo that is just so much so much more satisfying when you finish in the top three of a Halo multiplayer match. So talking about the Halo reveal trailer in general, I am actually going to, uh, on the undie meter, I'm going to put the Halo Infinite trailer, reveal trailer, and, and the news that it's free to play uh, we're, we're going to put it right there in the middle. We're going to put it right there at a 50. So we're going to go 50% for the Halo Infinite reveal trailer on the undie meter, which means I liked about half of it. Or, or about half of it got me excited. So most of it we already knew. Uh, if this was like if this was a reveal and we hadn't seen much from Halo Infinite and they weren't trying to clean up the mess that they had from last year where, <laughs> where the game looked terrible and it made them delay the thing and actually ruined their whole launch of the Series X, honestly. But... I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just disappointed by E3 this year. And, and I mean, what could we really expect? Another virtual event, you know, the, pand the pandemic really hurt the video game industry. Uh, and I think that was very clear at E3 this year about just how much people did get delayed. I mean, it's like, yeah, we're all working from home, but we're barely getting anything done. What can you really do from home on a game as vast and big as Halo Infinite or Elden Ring or Outer Worlds 2 or any of these games that showed up? So Halo Infinite, we're going to go 50% right there on the undie meter. And uh, just, I don't know, three Spartans out of five, I guess. Uh, we'll just go with that. Move on next to uh, Battlefield 2042. Now, this one actually did get me excited. Now, I have not been a Battlefield player. I, I do like the, the large, massive maps that they have. And they've been doing this huge... Uh, they haven't really been doing Battle Royale necessarily, but they've kind of been doing Battle Royale before Battle Royale became a thing. Uh, Battlefield 2042 looks really good. The trailer was great. The trailer generated so much buzz. The trailer brought so many people back to that game. I felt like Battlefield died. I, I thought Battlefield was dead. I was never going to be interested in another Battlefield. But when they brought that recreation of, what was that, Zuka Man? I think it was Zuka Man. I can't remember who, who originally did that shot. And I'm talking about the Battlefield 2042 trailer when the guy jumps out of the plane, shoots the other plane with the bazooka, and then lands back into his plane. I, I cannot remember what the name, but that this happened like years ago, and players have been recreating that ever since in Battlefield 2042, and that's kind of what the big thing is about the, the Battlefield trailer. It's really just that moment. But when I look at the gameplay, I'm really impressed. Like, this is making me want to go get a Battlefield game, and I've always been a Call of Duty guy. Like, you, you know, the Battlefield and Call of Duty are kind of like, they're kind of like brothers that hate each other. You know, they're so similar, but... Not really, but they are, but they hate each other, and they vibe for the same players all the time, it seems like. But Battlefield 2042 got me excited. I was probably most surprised and most impressed by the Battlefield 2042 trailer than I really was anything at E3, and that's saying something right there. If that was the best one, then, then the E3 presentation wasn't that great in my opinion, but I, I mean, Xbox and Bethesda came out and... You know, they talked about a lot of things. We we got a little got a little more info on Starfield. Not really. But, uh, you know, at least we know when it's coming out now. We still don't really know what the hell it is. I mean, we kind of do, but not really. But I'm still intrigued. I'm still intrigued, right? Uh, Bethesda, I, I'm a big fan of Bethesda. And Xbox uh, acquiring Bethesda was huge for them. And I feel like that was a knee-jerk reaction that they kind of made after they found out that Halo Infinite wasn't going to be coming out this year. They were like, oh, shit, we got to do something. We, you know, we're... we're Games take too long to make. We have nothing in the pipeline right now that we can market and pair with the Xbox Series X. So what are we going to do to get people excited and buy these systems? We're going to acquire Bethesda and spend billions of dollars. And it was a great move 
Because now, and look, when they acquired Bethesda, well, I think it was not a year ago, but it was close to a year ago. I believe, tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe they had said that Starfield would still be a PS5 and an Xbox Series X game. And now they've came out and pretty much just didn't about face on that and said, never mind, it's going to be Xbox exclusive. And it should be. I mean, that's why you spent the money, you know, to, to buy Bethesda. You didn't do it so PlayStation could have those games too, right? No, you did it to bring people to your console, to your Game Pass or your console. And honestly, it's like Microsoft's banking on Game Pass uh, in the long run to really be their moneymaker. So that, that it was a smart move by them. And talking about Elden Ring, the cinematic reveal trailer itself, I thought it was really good. And I'm really, really excited for Elden Ring. I've been waiting for a game that's going to be like Skyrim or like Witcher or a new game that we can bring to the next generation that's going to be just huge. It's next level. I've been waiting on that. I think Elden Ring could be that game, uh, especially if you like mysticism and dragons and all of that good stuff. I'm sure all that's going to be in there. But the cinematic reveal trailer uh, for Elden Ring... I'm going to give it on the undie meter a 75%. So I wanted to know a little bit more. I really wanted to see a lot more gameplay instead of just cinematics. But cinematics are beautiful and gorgeous and they grab people's attention. So I think it was it was good for them to do something. They needed to do something to remind people that Elder Ring really is, you, you know, we're building it. It's close to being done. And now we just got to wait for it to come out. So 75% on the Elder Ring cinematic reveal trailer. Uh, wh- what did I go for Battlefield 40, uh, 2042 on the undie meter? I don't even, did I even rate that one? I don't know. Let's go, you know what? I'm going to go 85% on the undie meter for the Battlefield 2042 trailer because, simply because of the surprise factor. They surprised me. They shocked me. I, I wasn't even really expecting to to watch any of DICE's presentation from, uh, from a Battlefield game or anything like that. I just wasn't interested. So that shocked me. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a solid 85% there. And then the Outer Worlds 2. So the Outer Worlds 2, I thought the first game had so much potential. I thought it was going to be a cross between basically Fallout and Borderlands, I guess you could say. Uh, And it was really fun. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought the the world was populated very well. The graphics were good. The gameplay, I just didn't have that much fun with. I was not having that much fun using the weapons in that game and and doing uh, activities actually through first person in that game. And the game ended up feeling stale to me. So I feel like a second one is needed, and I feel like they can improve upon that and make the gameplay, the gunplay, the acti- every make everything that you interact with in the world a little bit better. And if you can improve upon that, I think the Outer Worlds 2 might have something really, really special here uh, in another open world game that I can really dive myself into. That's what I love. I love buying these games that I can just really enthrall myself into and just surround myself with the world. I mean, if I'm going to spend $70 on a game, I want hundreds of hours out of it, if I can, if I can get that. And games like this, you can get thousands of hours out of them. So Elden Ring, very excited for, was happy to see something from it. But other than that, or sorry, Outer Worlds 2, not Elden Ring, sorry. Outer Worlds 2 was happy to see something from it and that it is coming fairly soon. And Starfield, you know, not coming until next year. But overall, very disappointing, E3. Very, very, in my opinion, very disappointing. Uh, Should we have uh, expected that much from E3 this year? Uh, No, we shouldn't have. So maybe this is our own fault for expecting this. I I honestly don't even think they should have done an E3 this year. I think they should have just let each studio and game company just kind of do their own presentation, kind of like Sony does. But I think Sony will be doing a big presentation coming up here. I'd say probably in July or August, 
And I think we're going to see, I think that's going to be uh, the big virtual event of this year where we're going to see a lot more. Cause I think Sony has so much more to offer uh, in the near future than, than Xbox does. But in the long run, I think Xbox is really, really going to vie with Sony there for playership because of Bethesda. It's such a good move by them by doing that. But overall, E3 2021 on the undie meter, yeah, we're going to give it a 25%. 25%. I didn't even pay attention, really. I barely paid attention, and that is that is not like me for an E3. So a little disappointing, unfortunately, but there's my thoughts on that. So that's all I got for Popsy Weekly on this episode today. And there goes my phone. (laughs) And with that said, we are going to take a quick break and head on over to DC Weekly because Warner Brothers won't let Batman munch on rugs. (laughs) It's that time again, boys and girls, for the DC (laughs) Weekly. All right, in DC Weekly this week, I was originally just going to talk about the Aquaman 2 title, but something else just broke that we got to discuss. Uh, so according to the uh, showrunners of Harley Quinn on HBO Max, they uh, season three, they've you know been creating, it's going to be coming out very soon, and uh, they had talked about how Warner Brothers went to them, or DC, or you know whoever the head of it was, I'm not looking at the actual story right now, but uh, apparently they came to them... And told them that there is a scene in an episode of season three that they that they are not going to allow them to put into the show. And apparently in this scene, Batman was going to be going down on Catwoman. So cover up your kids' ears here, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to get a little dirty. So in this episode, Batman was going to go down on Catwoman. And Warner Brother and DC's reasoning for not letting Harley Quinn do this scene in their adult HBO Max show was that heroes don't do that. So heroes don't go down or perform sexual acts uh, of any kind, apparently, which is just whatever. The actual issue here uh, for a lot of people is the fact that they're saying that heroes don't perform sexual acts of any kind. So what, they're just solo uh, sexual activists? (laughs) What would you even call that? Um, I I don't know. I don't see the problem with this because you're already on Harley Quinn, which is a raunchy, dirty adult show if I've ever seen one. Why Why is it all of a sudden this is a problem? So, you, so you've had no problem with them making fun of Batman literally this entire time. And, and honestly, that, that, that factor and because uh, Harley Quinn is so good in the show is really, I think, what made the show so popular. The fact that they are self-aware that there's a lot of things that you can make fun of Batman about. And they've been doing it the whole time. They've done some crazy violent shit on the show already. I don't understand why this, why they're drawing the line here, makes no sense to me. So what they said that, that the reasoning is, is that they they said that they, it's hard to sell toys and merchandise when your hero is performing non-heroic acts like this. And, and it was, that wasn't what they said word for word. I'm paraphrasing here. But, I, dude, you g- come on, guys. Like, you are not going to have any trouble selling Batman toys. I mean, I don't care if he goes down on 50 grandmas that are all 100 years old. It's not going to matter. Let the dude do what he wants to do. If the dude wants to munch rugs, let Batman munch rugs. Come on, guys. Come on. How are we going to... How are we going to not let Batman do that? You know what Batman has done for this world? 
And we're not gonna let him have a little bit of rug munching? Come on now. Come on. This is so ridiculous. I can't believe that this story... Warner Brothers should be pissed off that this story got out because this makes them just look stupid in my opinion. I, I don't... It just makes them look stupid. All right, let me ask you something, Warner Brothers. Have you had any trouble selling any Batman figures, merchandise, anything for the two seasons that Harley Quinn has already been on? No, in fact, it's probably skyrocketed any Batman-related stuff because the show has brought in so many viewers that aren't comic book fans, that that don't watch all the comic book stuff. They, they're watching this because it's a comedy, and it's funny, and it's raunchy, and it's dirty, and that's what this show is. So you're not going to let them do it? Why even allow the show? It just makes no sense to me. This is so stupid. I'm going to give this a fat whopping 0% on the undie meter. Come on, Warner Brothers. Come on, DC. I, I just don't get it, man. It's like, this is one of the things that you really got going for you. And you can't even lean into that. Come on, man. All right. Next story. Get this out of here. And to close up episode 17 in DC Weekly, this episode we are going to be talking about Aquaman 2 as James Wan came out and revealed the title for the new film will be Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Not really a title that intrigues me or makes me go, oh shit, yes, hell yeah. Kind of like if you remember back with the title reveal with the Captain America Civil War. Remember that? Remember when Civil War popped up? They like did the fade. It like was... Nothing that all of a sudden Civil War faded up on the screen when they were doing that that Phase 2 reveal. I think it was Phase 2. And everyone went nuts, right? Opposite for this one. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I mean, okay, it just sounds like an Aquaman movie. Uh, so, when you're titling movies, I think uh, these these studios uh, look at it in three different ways. I think you you title a movie to explain to the viewer before they've ever set foot in the theater what the movie's about. Another reason they title it is to uh, create hype, create a hype train and uh, create some kind of big buzz around the movie by the title. Or it's a title that you see and read and you don't understand the meaning of it until you have the context of the movie fresh in your brain. I think those are the three ways that studios mainly look at titling movies. This one, I think, is the latter. So my guess is that I think we, we saw six kingdoms in the first Aquaman movie. I believe. And I was a fan of the first Aquaman movie. Now, it diminishes with time. As I watch it, it seems to get worse. But it's still a very, very fun movie. And the last half hour of that movie is spectacular. Spectacular. So, I think they're titling this movie The Lost Kingdom. And I think you're going to know more about it after you watch the movie. So, like I was saying, I think there were six kingdoms we came across. And I could be wrong here, but I think there was one. I think there was one kingdom that we never uh, really explored or talked about. And I think that's what this movie's going to be exploring. And, and we got to get some more Black Manta in there, too, right? I mean, he was like the best thing from the first movie, in my opinion. But the main reason why I wanted to talk about Aquaman 2 being titled Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom was really just to have a vehicle to talk about Amber Heard. So I am not a fan of Amber Heard. Uh, I thought she was awful in Aquaman. I don't know much about her personal life and that stuff going on with Johnny Depp, and I don't care. What I do care about is I just don't think she should be attached to this movie. She has so much negativity around her still with the Johnny Depp thing going on. And she's just a terrible actress. She had zero chemistry. Zero chemistry with Aquaman in the first movie. I mean, Jason Momoa, I, I, feel, I felt like he really put that movie on his back and carried it because he was getting no assistance from Mara or Amber Heard 
And I do not want to see her as Mera again in Aquaman 2. That would just be moments in the movie that I would just barf and puke. I just think she was terrible as Mera. She looked fantastic as Mera. She's got the look to pull off Mera. But she just was bad. She was stale. I was not interested in her character. I did not care about her at all. And when you're talking about Aquaman, Mera is a huge character. So you should care about her. I don't even think she needs to be recast. I, I think you can just eliminate Mera from this equation altogether. I don't think you have anything tying you to Mera that you would have to explain in the second movie. I think you could. I think she could have an off-screen death. I think you can just say she's off somewhere else or she's on land or whatever. Just get rid of her. Get her out of the movie. I, d I don't think Amber Heard should be bogging this thing down anymore. Uh, uh, let's just do it. I'm not sitting here campaigning against Amber Heard as a person. I don't know enough about her. What I am campaigning against is Amber Heard as Mara in Aquaman 2. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think we need it. I don't think we want it. Uh, and I think she just she should just be gone. Just kick her out of there. Get her ass out of there. Let her go do some other things. So, yeah, that's my feeling on that. And that is it for DC Weekly. And this episode as a whole, if you ask me, this episode sucked. There wasn't a lot of great content to talk about, but hopefully I made it entertaining as could be. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, if you would like to follow me for daily updates, you can do so on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at PopCUnderground. Also, check out the YouTube channel, putting up daily videos, gaming, uh, opinion, thoughts. I'll put my kids up there, whatever. YouTube channel is the same thing, PopCUnderground. And I am streaming on Twitch on a daily basis under the Twitch username Golden. Skittles. That is G-O-L-D-E-N-Z-K-I-T-T-L-E-Z -E -E Golden Skittles on Twitch. So thank you very much for supporting me, guys. If you would like me to keep this show going and the YouTube channel and grow, expand, get better equipment, all of that, please leave a tip at the tip jar at the bottom of the link in the episode notes. This is what I do for a living, and uh, if I do not start bringing some revenue in, I guess I will have to move my family onto the streets into some boxes, and we will be box people. No, but in all, all seriousness, if you can, thank you very much uh, trying to put out as much content as I possibly can. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day, as I will see all of you on the next episode.